This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. We're going to finish our series. We've been all this month. We've been talking about God's everlasting mercy. How many of you been here for for most of it? You getting anything out of it? Good. You know. We all know that God has mercy, but it's good to understand the, the extent and the depth of that mercy. And of course, these last two uh, messages, we've been talking about ourselves becoming mercy givers, mercy givers. And we talked about last week about who we give mercy to. And uh, probably I think we could just sum it up and say we pretty much come to the conclusion from the scriptures, we just give mercy to everybody in our path, don't we? Everybody needs mercy sometimes. And so we are givers of mercy. We saw what the Scripture says, to those who are in need, to those who don't deserve it, even to our enemies, we extend mercy. So we want to talk about mercy givers again today. Why don't you turn to Luke 10 while you're finding that. You know, uh, sent a little email out to you this week. I uh, hope everybody is getting that. You know, today we're talking about interruptions or opportunities, and we're going to look again at what we call the parable of the Good Samaritan, and uh, last week we kind of looked at it, the mercy point of view, from uh, the guy who had fell among the thieves and had been beaten up and robbed and stripped. Today we're going to look at it from the perspective of the three travelers and how they reacted And which one showed mercy? And we want to learn some things because when we look at their attitudes and how they responded, it may give us shine some light on us. But you know, I I mentioned that we're a generation of control freaks. You know, Uh, if you like to be in control of your circumstances, then you know what interruptions are like. They are frustrating, aren't they? I mean, you know, you're 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 on your way to work. You know, somebody's up ahead, they're texting, they're on the phone, you know, they sit there, you know, until almost the light changes and you're running behind anywhere and the traffic's heavy and you're all frustrated or you've got a project you're working on and somebody comes up to your desk or maybe somebody calls you on the phone and they're wanting to talk and you're trying to get your project done and, you know, I mean, that just doesn't work for us because, you know what, man, we Americans, we're, we're all about getting her done. We got stuff to get done. We got to get it done. And we should have had it done yesterday. And I'm in a hurry. And so all of these things that happen, they they really tend to, we tend to see them as interruptions. But perhaps we should look at interruptions in a little bit different way. Maybe some of these things we call interruptions are really opportunities. You know, C.S. Lewis said this. He said, most of the time we think of interruptions as something that's getting in the way of, you know, our real business, our real life. He said, but really, if we believe that God's in control and directing our path day by day, we might want to see that some of those interruptions could be the day God gave us. It could be the opportunities God's given us to reach out and show mercy to those people that we see as interruptions. You know, in Matthew 14, you, you see a picture there of Jesus. He's very tired. 
you know, Jesus, he was a human. He got tired. He was God, but he was also human. He got tired. He was exhausted. He'd been ministering. I mean, you think about all these people, thousands of people. I mean, wherever he went, pulling on him, wanting something, needing something. I mean, jostling him, pushing him everywhere he went. You know, he's exhausted. He gets in a boat, you know, because he just heard that his cousin John has been beheaded. You think you've had a bad day. And so he gets in a boat, he's going to go to a, 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 you know, a solitary place there, he's going to be by himself, he wants to, you know, deal with his grief and he wants to rest up a little bit, but, you know, the multitude gets wind somehow of where he's headed, and as soon as his boat approaches the shore where he's going, here's thousands of people again. Interruptions. Oh, man. Now, you know, most of us probably myself, maybe I should just speak for myself, but you know, if I'd been in that and I saw that crowd, I'd have probably turned my boat around and went to another, found me another spot. (laughs) But you know, thank God Jesus is not like me. (laughs) He was what? Moved with compassion. And remember, we said that compassion is an aspect of mercy, isn't it? He was moved by compassion and he ministered to and healed people. So here's the thing. Here's, here's the question of the day. How do you view, view the interruptions that come into your life? How do you view them? Let's look at travelers and interruptions. Luke 10. We're going to begin reading there in verse 25. Behold, a certain lawyer stood up, tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You've answered rightly, do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothes, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to them, Take care of him. Whatever more you spend when I come, again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. So we're talking about travelers and interruptions. There were three travelers that Jesus mentioned in this parable. And you know, just like us, they were going about their daily routine, their daily business. They had things on their mind. They had places to be. They had things to do. I don't know if they had to-do lists in those days, but if they had one, I'm sure they had their to-do list. They probably had one in their mind at the least of where they needed to do and what they needed to do. And, you know, and so they're, they're busy traveling on this road, and all of a sudden they come across 
something that they did not expect. This man who had fell among the thieves. Now, it's interesting, isn't it? That it says right here, it says that, uh, that he had fallen among the, the thieves and he was wounded. He was wounded. Many of the people that come across our life, they have been wounded. Jesus said that the thief comes to do what? That's it. This man had fallen among the thieves. And the thief, the God of this world, the devil, and all his demonic imps, they are constantly harassing. They are constantly oppressing people in their minds, in their bodies, in their relationships, in different areas of their life. They are wounded and they have fallen among thieves just like this man did. Fallen among thieves. And they're wounded. And they're hurting. God is bringing them across our path. But you know, if we're not careful, we could be like the priest here. This priest, he saw him and he passed by on the other side. Maybe this priest represented somebody who was so preoccupied with their responsibilities. You ever been preoccupied? Cindy will chuckle at this. She knows this. We get driving somewhere. You know, I live inside my head a lot. Anybody here live inside your head? Man, we'll be going down the road, and I'm thinking about, it might be stuff with the family, it might be stuff with the, the church or praying for somebody, and we're going somewhere, and the next thing you know, she's hollering at me that I just missed the turn. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, well, I got preoccupied by something else. There was something else that had my attention, that my focus was on, and I missed what I was really supposed to be doing, and that was going to a destination. And this priest evidently was preoccupied. He had so many things on his mind that, you know, maybe, I mean, he kind of saw this guy, but maybe he didn't see him. He just didn't register on his consciousness. He just, you know, he was in a hurry. You ever been in a hurry? You're getting busy. You get preoccupied. We got all kind of things. Maybe he was thinking about, you know, as a priest, maybe he was thinking about the sacrifices that he was to offer that day. Maybe he was thinking about it, you know, make sure, you know, uh, you know, I hope, you know, we got the lambs, we got this, we got whatever it is that we need to do in order that the, the sacrifices go well. And I'm trying to remember to make sure I do everything just right and, and all of those things. And so he had no time for an interruption. Maybe, maybe he was thinking, maybe he had family problems. Maybe he was thinking about, you know, things that were going on in his family. It's easy for us to get preoccupied and self-absorbed with responsibilities and our families and all the things that we have to do. Anybody got anything on your plate? <laughs> Some in your hand. Couldn't get on the plate. We come preoccupied, so we had no time for an interruption. And here's what ha happens when we get preoccupied like that. We get focused on what we, he had to do, but he didn't see what he needed to do. What he needed to do in that moment was not to see that as an interruption, but as an opportunity. It was an opportunity for him, a priest. This is somebody who represented God to the people. 
This is somebody to, to, to the nation and to people. He represented who God was. Well, doesn't the Bible say that we are a royal priesthood? We, we say that we're Christians. We're, we're Christ-like. We represent Him. We're, we're, God's living in us. We are His followers. We are His disciples. We're His children. We're priests to God. So shouldn't we see when people come by our path that have been fallen among the thief and are wounded by life, shouldn't we be aware, more self-aware of other people and not be so preoccupied? And not focus on just what we've got to get done that day. But be self-aware enough of God and of people around us to realize, hey, you know what? This is not an interruption. This is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to sow mercy. It's an opportunity to show love. It's an opportunity to reach out with compassion to this person who's come across my path who's fallen among the thieves. They're hurting. They're oppressed. They're depressed. You can see it in their body language. You can see the pain on their face, can't you? If you're what? If you're not too preoccupied. I've been there. I'm not getting after you. I'm talking to myself too. It's so easy to get so, I mean, you know, we're busy. We got, you, got, you got stuff you're doing with the kids. You got stuff you're doing with the, you, you know, with the boss and at work and with your career. And you got a project and you got a deadline. You got this and you got that. And it all gets up here. And the next thing you know, man, the day's just been a blur. And say, who did you talk to today and who did you see? Well, I don't know, a bunch of people. <laughs> but it could be that one of those people God brought by your path, not as an interruption, but as an opportunity for you to show mercy. We're talking about becoming mercy givers ourselves. Isn't that right? And I'm telling you, if you want to reach people, become a mercy giver. Become a giver like Jesus. Be moved with compassion to reach out to people as opportunities come your way. And you know, it starts by this, becoming more self-aware and less preoccupied. Maybe, maybe before we leave in the morning, we need to give some of our cares to God so we're not carrying so many. Because if we had less care preoccupying us with our stuff, we might be more aware of those opportunities when they present themselves. And didn't he say to, that we can what cast all of our cares over on him? All of them. All of them. Maybe we need to practice that. Amen. See, he had the ability to help, but at least in his mind, he didn't have the time. Have you ever been in a situation like that where you, you saw somebody and you, you know, and, and you know they, they needed help? Maybe they needed encouragement. Maybe they needed uh, uh, you, know, you to pray for them. Maybe they needed something. But, I mean, you know, you had to be somewhere. You had to get something done. I've been there. See, he had the ability, but he didn't have the time. We don't want to be like that. Amen? You know, we want... To be sure, also, you know, the priest 
Now, I won't get into all this, but if you, you can go back and read in the Old Testament, the priest had to be careful because if they touched certain things, they became unclean. But thanks be unto God, Jesus came and showed us a different priesthood. See, this is why the, 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 the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the priests, they couldn't, they couldn't get Jesus because he was always going around and hanging out with these people that they considered unclean. Well, you know this guy there in his blood, and it says they stripped him of his clothes. Talking about no dignity, half dead, robbed, and I mean, they took everything he had. They didn't even leave his clothes on him. That's just like the devil, isn't it? Maybe the priest felt like, hey, I, you know, I don't, I keep, you know, if I touch this person, if I get involved with this person, if I get involved with that, man, that's going to bring all kinds of problems here. I'm, you know, I, I'm going to be considered unclean. I mean, maybe, maybe this is, I mean, you know, after all, I got a reputation. Well, no, you don't. I said, no, you don't. You just think you do. <laughs> Amen. Bible says that Jesus made himself of no reputation. You start seeing interruptions as opportunities. And you know, real quick, one of the things you're going to have to get rid of is pride, isn't it? You know, nobody is beneath the compassion of God. There's nobody that is undeserving. Remember, we said we're just going to let the perfect one do the judging. The rest of us, well, we're going to show mercy, aren't we? So this was the first traveler. He's on his way. The second traveler was a Levite. Now, the Levites, they also helped, you know, with the, with the natural things in the temple. They made sure that, you know, the candles stayed lit and all that. I won't get into all that. But they, were, they also ministered in the, in the tabernacle. They ministered in the temple in this day. They had a temple now. They didn't have Moses' tabernacle anymore, but they, they, they were busy ministering. And so maybe this was somebody who was too busy to become involved. The priest was preoccupied with his responsibilities, but maybe this Levite was somebody who was too busy to become involved because you notice now he was aware of the man because it says he went over there and he paused a minute and looked at him. Boy, man, that's bad what happened to you. Man, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe you're in that mess. I can't believe. Oh, man, that's tough. But I'm busy. Come on. We're talking about being mercy givers. And we're looking at these travelers. You know, the Bible says we're all travelers, aren't we? We're pilgrims traveling right here. See, he was... Unmoved by the need. It was not his problem. He was busy. He had somewhere to get and things to do, and he didn't have time to get involved. You know, it costs you when you get involved, doesn't it? It does. It costs you. If you get involved here at Passion Church, it'll cost you some time. It'll cost you some effort. You might have to get here early instead of late. You may have to stay here after everybody else is gone because what? You get involved. It's not a, you don't see it as an interruption to your life. You see it as an opportunity to serve God and people. 
Thank you for that patty cake. I appreciate that. Come on. What did Jesus say? He said, I came as God incarnate so everybody would be wild with me and everybody would serve me. Is that what he said? He said, I came down here to just look at all your problems and you and your sin and all that and just go, man, oh, man, y'all, you guys are in a mess. No, Jesus got involved. I mean, he was all in, wasn't he? Everything up to the point of laying down his life, he was all in. The untouchables, he touched. People that nobody else had time for, he made time for. Boy, I could really go to meddling here, couldn't I? He had misplaced priorities. Look in Matthew. Turn back to the left there. Matthew 23, 23. Let's look right there a minute. Misplaced priorities. Jesus... Endeavoring to get through to the religious people of his days, the Pharisees and all, he had some pretty stern things to say to them. But really, it wasn't because Jesus didn't love the Pharisees either, but he was trying to get them because, see, all these other people that were following Jesus, they knew they were sinners. And they came to Jesus, what? To be made whole. Isn't that right? But the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were so caught up in their own self-importance and self-righteousness that Jesus had to get real stern with them to help them try to see their real need. And so maybe this Levite was like that. He had misplaced priorities. Maybe he felt like, you know, hey, I can't be bothered with this person. I can't be bothered with this 23, 23, Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Woo! That's strong, isn't it? You know he never said that to the ones they considered the outcasts and the sinners. You pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin. Now, all those are spices. Now, you know what he's saying here? That, you know, in those days, you know, they didn't go down to Publix and look on the spice aisle and buy the stuff. You grew your own spices. Most of the spices that were, especially if they were indigenous there, they grew them. So they had to, you know, most of them in their garden there, outside the kitchen, they had a spice garden. Well, these Pharisees, man, they were so strict. They went out and counted the leaves on every one of their plants, and they plucked a tithe of the leaves off and gave that. Boy, now that's fastidious, isn't it? He said, man, you're so careful. You're going to tithe even from, you know, your your plants. You're going to tithe those leaves. You're going to tithe all that. He said, but you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, and mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the other undone. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, and you swallow a camel. (laughs) That's, That's how ridiculous and silly we become when our priorities are misplaced. 
We're busy with everything. And, you know, and the things we're busy with, you know, just like Jesus said here, they're legitimate. That's good. Glad that you're tithing to God. I'm glad that you're, you're, you're particular and conscious and you want to you do the right thing by God. That's great. Jesus didn't condemn that. He said, but here's the thing. He said, compared to mercy and justice, he said, that's like a gnat and the other is a camel. The big thing is mercy and justice. The small thing was out there counting all the leaves and making sure you tithe. See, some people think, okay, I gave my offering at church. I don't need to do anything else. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Brother Bruce. Don't leave me. I think it's you and me only here, man. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. See, he had misplaced priorities. See, he had the ability to help, but not the compassion. Not the compassion. Look at again, Matthew 9. We're talking about mercy givers. Anybody in here receive mercy from the Lord? How about lately? <laughs> Matthew chapter 9, verse 10. And that happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him. Here's the unclean. And his disciples, and when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? Holy cow. You know, here's the thing, church. If we're not careful, perhaps not in a hypocritical way, but, you know, we can become like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They had become insulated from the people around them. See, they hung with other Pharisees who were just as righteous as I am. And we all, you know, got together and shined up our righteousness. Look at me. Boy, don't I look good. Yeah, you're looking good. How about me? Oh, yeah, you're looking good. But they forgot that all of that was to serve a purpose. And we come to church and we get fed and we worship God and God meets our needs and God forgives us and God blesses us and we rejoice and encourage one another and we do all that. Then we go out here and get busy and we forget what we're mercy givers. It's for purpose. You know, all those people that you think are interruptions, they're really opportunities. All those people that are so different from you that... You really don't have anything in common with? Well, what did Jesus have in common with the tax collectors and the sinners? Absolutely nothing. He was the Son of God. He was without spot and blemish. He, 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 was, he was righteous as God is righteous. He was perfectly holy. He never had done anything wrong. No sin was in his life. There, there couldn't anybody have been any further opposite in the natural speaking from Jesus and the sinners and the tax collectors. He goes on to say here, when Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Why would God bring well people by your, only well people by your life every day? 
I mean, what about a doctor that just put on his sign outside his door? We only take care of well people. He's going out of business pretty soon, isn't he? Isn't that true? But yet in the church, if we're not careful, that's what we think. Yeah, everybody that's healthy and well and whole and got it all together, come to Passion Church. You're our kind of people. That's what we want. Well, we are glad that you're here. But that's not what Jesus called us for. That's not what Jesus came for. He called us to be what? Showers and givers of mercy. It's the people that need it. That's the people we want in here. The outcast, the hurting, the broken, the divorced. Come on. The sick, the people that have failed in life. Ooh, get awful quiet in here. It's all right, there's a few of you nodding your heads. <laughs> those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Mercy and not sacrifice. See, the, the Pharisees, they were all caught up in, you know, in fastings and, and counting the number of leaves on their, their, their mint bushes and, and doing all of those things. But he said, you've missed the important thing. Mercy, not sacrifice. He said, this is important. You know, if we become givers of mercy, Passion Church, if we show mercy to those that God brings by our path day by day, I want to tell you what, you know what? You're living the life that pleases God. Oh, I want to make sure I got it all together. <laughs> Listen. The last day you're on the earth, you know what? You're still going to be in process of getting it all together. So in your busyness to get your life all together, don't forget to be aware of those who come across your path. The third traveler, the Samaritan. Now remember, we talked about the Samaritan, and I believe Jesus purposely used the Samaritan on purpose. That, you know, because, you know, the Samaritan was looked as somebody that they didn't have anything to do with. They were second class. They, I mean, you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't have their theology wasn't quite right. They had some stuff in their life that wasn't quite right. You know, they, mm-hmm, not really Passion Church kind of people, you know. <laughs> Come on. And yet Jesus said this man had one quality that the other two and all their righteous deeds and acts and all of that lacked. And that was what? Mercy. Samaritan came along who saw not an interruption, but an opportunity. An opportunity. He had compassion on the man. He went to him. He was not afraid, what? To get involved. I mean, you know. I'm going to go back again because sometimes, you know, in our minds we get to, we, we religiousize some of this stuff. Here was a man that was beaten, bloody. He could have very well have been stabbed or cut with a knife or a sword. He was bleeding. He was unconscious. 
and he was naked. Yeah, that's the kind of thing you want to be involved in, right? <laughs> man, I'm telling you, you know, when he went to take care of this man, I'm telling you what, it had to be compassion that moved this man. You know, I want to just mail the check in. I don't want to get my hands dirty. He went to him. He was not afraid to get involved. There was some personal involvement here. It says he took care of the man. He ministered to the man. He bandaged the man up. He put him on his own donkey. I ain't putting that smelly guy in my brand new Lincoln. I believe God for that car. Well, I'm gone to meddling now, honey. I mean, this guy was bleed, probably bled all over his donkey. Well, that was his Lincoln in that day, wasn't it? <laughs> Whatever. Come on. He got personally involved. It cost him something. In Hosea 6, 6, I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures from over there. Hosea 6, 6. Listen to what God said. We just Jesus just quoted it to the Pharisee, but here's where he quoted it from, Hosea 6, 6. He said, For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. See, it's good, Passion Church, that we come together. The Bible really commands us to do that. To, to exhort one another, to be encouraged, to worship God together. That's important. Don't misunderstand me. It's, it's very important. It's vital. But listen, we come here and God does something in us and through us as we come together as His body, but it's for a purpose of when we go out there. And see, if all we do is we come and we worship here and we get fed the Word of God and we get encouraged and we're around our brothers and sisters and all, and that's good. And then we go out there and then we don't do anything with it all week and then we come back again. This is what he's saying. He's saying, he said, I'm more interested in you, what, being showing mercy and the knowledge of God more than all the burnt offerings and stuff that you do in here on a Sunday morning. It's what we do out there. This is important, but so is that. This is so that we can do that. And I believe this with all my heart. When we do that, this becomes more special. See, we can, we can get to the point to where, okay, this is what we do. We are, okay, bring the goat, kill the goat, bring the goat. I mean, you know, think about the priest. I wonder how many times he, he, he sacrificed a goat. Or a pair of turtle doves for somebody for a sin, you know. It's real easy. You just, it just, the next thing you know, we're just kind of going through it, aren't we? You can do that. It doesn't matter. That's true. That could be true for the pastor and anybody else. You can just get to where you just go. But when you are out there and you are a mercy giver and you begin to see God touch people's lives, you get involved with people who are hurting who need the knowledge of God, that God cares about them. And you see God begin to use you and work in other people's lives. I'm telling you what, when you get here, man, you talk about worshiping God. All of a sudden it becomes 
so much more. Look in Micah. In Micah 6, 6, right after Jonah, if you're looking for Micah. He says, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the the, the high God? Shall I come with him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or perhaps 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? See, sometimes we, it, it can be too, so easy to want to offer a sacrifice rather than getting involved. He said, He has shown you, old man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? Not thousands of rams, not 10,000 rivers of oil. What does He require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Interruption or opportunity. As mercy givers, how do we see the people that God brings across our path? You remember in John 5, you don't have to turn over there, but in John 5, Jesus came to Jerusalem there to the Pool of Bethesda. And now the Pool of Bethesda was a very uh, unusual and special place because the Scriptures tell us that at, at a certain time of the year, an angel from God came down, troubled the waters, and the first one in the water was completely whole, healed. And it had five porches, and of course, like you would expect, these porches were full of people with all kinds of ailments. The lame, the crippled, the blind, lepers. I mean, just anything that you could name that was an illness, a sickness in that day, there were people there, and they were there hoping that they would be the next one that would be well. They were hoping against hope that they would be the first one in. And it says that Jesus came to this pool and these porches, and he saw one particular man who had been in his illness for 38 years. And Jesus engaged him in a a conversation. And, and, And in that conversation, Jesus said, Do you want to be well? Seems like a crazy question to ask, isn't it? It's like going to the hospital and asking those people. But you know, it's an amazing thing about people, isn't it? You know, people can be in the hospital and still not have any hope of being well. Here's this man, and he says, but here's what I wanted to get to. In this conversation, when Jesus said that, he made this statement. It's so important. He said to Jesus, he said, I want to get in the water. I want to be the first. He said, but I have no man to help me. How many of these people that God is bringing across our path that they would say, I have no person, no man, no woman. I have no one to help. I have no one to help me. 
And as mercy givers, that's what it's all about. We are called, when these opportunities come, to be like Jesus. And what? We're going to extend compassion and mercy to them. Compassion and mercy. You know, people say, you know, Pastor, you know, I want God to use me. I, you, know, I, you know, I read about miracles. I heard about other people that had a miracle here, there, or wherever. You know, heard about miracles. But how do, you know... But what about me? How does that, I, I wish God would use me. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Get busy in somebody's life and God will use you. I mean, if you go, if you're going to a meeting where everybody is whole, don't expect to see a healing miracle. Duh. If you're going to a meeting where everybody is already saved, don't expect anybody to be born again. If you're going to a meeting of the got-it-all-together crowd, don't expect God to help anybody get it together. <laughs> Isn't that right? He said, I have no man. So let's be someone's man. Isn't that right? Let me read one last scripture, and then we're going to pray. Matthew, back over to Matthew 10. Are you still out there? We're talking about being mercy givers. Listen to this. Jesus is talking about a cup of cold water here. Now see, in our minds we think, yeah, but now I don't know if I'm ready for this or I'm ready for that or I'm ready for this. Well, here's the thing. Jesus is going to give us all a really easy starting point. Jesus said... Whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, let alone the name of the Lord, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Cups of cold water. Man, that's, I can do that. You can do that. Maybe I'm not ready to cast out a legion of demons yet. God's not asking you to do that. Give a cup of cold water to somebody. What might some of those cups of cold water look like? Well, it could be literal. But here's some things I think are some cups of water that we could be involved in giving. Giving to the poor. The Bible calls it almsgiving. Helping somebody. You know, you ride by and you see these people out there with the sign. Well, I'm busy. <laughs> well, they ought to get a job. Oh, it's gotten quiet in here. <laughs> well, why don't you stop and ask them if they want a job, and then you help them get one. I'd have to get involved. They might be dirty, and I might have to give them a ride somewhere. Gone to meddling, hadn't I? <laughs> Listening and praying for someone else's need. Listening and offering encouragement to somebody. Feeding the hungry. I don't know if you've ever been hungry. I'm telling you, I've been hungry before. It's not pleasant. You say, well, I'll tell you what, they had it coming to them. Well, 
Maybe they got mercy coming to them too. If you just open your heart. And then extending forgiveness to those who need it. Extending forgiveness. Those are just some ways. We could think of many other ways, I'm sure, that could be, as Jesus said, offering cups of cold water to people. This week, church, let all of us, let's, let's be more aware of the people that God brings across our path. Not all of them are interruptions. Some, at least one, may very well be an opportunity. An opportunity. You know, when that still small voice, that just something on the inside of you, when you come across this person, you know what I mean? That thing on the that's the Holy Spirit on the inside of you begins to say, mm, and you're going, nah, 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 busy, 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 busy. You say, I can't help everyone. God's not asking you to help everyone. Just to help the someone that he shows you. But see, if I'm thinking that everything like that that's not on my to-do list is an interruption, I'll miss my opportunities. And think about all the rewards you're missing. Man, I get to heaven. I don't want to be in a pup tent and everybody else got a mansion. <laughs> Who's that guy way back there <laughs> in that pup tent? <laughs> That's Brother Norris. Bless his heart. <laughs> he missed every opportunity. <laughs> you know, the gold street runs out, and I'm back there. You're on the dirt road with the pup tent. <laughs> you laugh. We're going to go to God in prayer. I want to pray. You know, because, listen, even as a pastor, same thing's true for me. I'm, I'm a person just like you. Just like this priest and this Levite. We can get so busy with our stuff. So caught up with our responsibilities and legitimate stuff. I'm not saying that it's, it's not right. You know, but we get, man, we're just zeroed in, you know. But I want to pray. And I want you to pray too. That God will give us a sensitivity That that person that comes by our path that is God's opportunity, that we'll be sensitive to it. And if we have to take some time, we take some time. Hello? If you have to stay 15 minutes late to catch up on that 15 minutes you gave to somebody else, how's that going to hurt you? stay 15 minutes late to get that report in. <laughs> to get that P&L to work, that bottom line to work out like it's supposed to, right? Whatever it may be. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.